Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. For another edition of the Bob Sullivan Show. Today I have on with me from MillCoastBias.com, Nick Peterson. How are you doing today, Nick? How's it going? It's going, you know, uh, just uh, enjoying this lovely weather we have here in Omaha. You know, I, I don't have too many fellow Omahans on the show, but, you know, today it's a special day. Happy to oblige. Yeah, I was wondering why. Uh... You wanted to have uh, some superhero talk on your newscast, or your sports newscast, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, it's supposed to be sports, but usually I I delve into some other things. Occasionally, it occasionally it'll be inappropriate comedy, but today it'll be uh, <laughs> some some comic book movies, so a little bit of everything. Um, sure. What what is your opinion right now? You know. Pretty much, this is what the movie industry is right now. Either you come out with a comic book movie, or you're risking losing a whole bunch of money. That's pretty much where <laughs> yeah, we're at yeah, in the movie yeah. industry. Yeah, you I mean it's a pretty safe bet. Um, comic books these days, um, I would say reboots or sequels, obviously, but originality in Hollywood is really, really gone on the wayside. And um, I mean, that's I mean, it's good for our superhero fans, but. Uh, I guess, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to look forward to. I mean, and it's going to get really, really crazy. I I mean, you obviously saw my article, and um, there's going to be so many Marvel and, uh, and DC movies eventually coming out where it's going to be almost like every two or three months eventually. So we're going to be bombarded a lot more than uh, what we're accustomed to just summertime. Do you think we're headed for a potential Marvel, DC, or I guess it would be Avengers versus Justice League movie? Oh, that would be so far off. You know, in the comic book industry, every now and again, maybe every 10, 15 years, Marvel and DC, they decide to do something like a crossover where they make up some sort of like parallel universe to make it coincide with the story they're trying to tell and they'll have Wolverine versus Batman or Superman versus Thor, but... Um, to see that happening in the movie universe, I mean, that's going to take a long, long time. I mean, I, I think they're just trying to establish their universes. And obviously, um, Marvel's way ahead of the game right now, and uh, DC is just playing catch-up. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, Man of Steel was really good, um, but it wasn't on par with the three Batman movies done by Nolan. Um and then Superman Returns was it was okay. You know, I wouldn't say it was great or anything. It was it was just too it was too long of a movie. Mm-hmm. And um, other other than that, DC really has has struggled. I mean, Watchmen wasn't very good. I liked the plot better than I actually liked the movie. And it, it just I don't know. DC they have what I guess four or five good movies out there and the rest are kind of questionable and Marvel's just blowing them out of the water with quantity. I wouldn't really say quality is any better than DC though. Would you? Um, well, there's, they have a lot. To, I mean, it's quantity versus quality. Um, 
that's what you know Marvel's philosophy seems to be at this point. And when you mentioned Superman Returns, uh, when Warner Bros. was trying to get in this game, you know, trying to compete um, with Marvel, and, and at that time, you know, 2008 was Iron Man, and that was really kind of catapulted everything. And Superman Returns was actually that was before that was in 2006, so they were trying to. It was really, really unoriginal. They were just trying to capitalize on the Christopher Reeve movies, and you know, this is a new generation. Everyone thinks differently about superheroes nowadays, and it just didn't connect with the audience, and it just seemed like a rehash, and it wasn't original. And you know what? Superman doesn't even throw a punch. The entire movie, you watch the entire movie of Superman Returns, and it's so frustrating. I'm like, where is the punch? Just punch something, and it doesn't mm-hmm. even happen. <laughs> but uh, like I said, you know, um, Spider-Man came out 2000, I think, um, kind of sped away, and then obviously they really went into high gear with Iron Man, then Thor. Um, Captain America, etc. So, I mean, right when Iron Man, I think, came out, that's when... Oh, excuse me, I'm forgetting X-Men. Um, and X-Men uh, kept making their sequels. Um, I mean, right around that time, 2008, 2009, is when they, they really got into, like, it's getting crazy. Like, let's just greenlight all these movies. We're making so much money. We have a tactic. We're going to introduce cameo characters, and then we're going to come up with their own origin movies, you know, a year after the fact. And it's just it's just crazy, crazy right now. And, yes, you're right. Um, is it quality versus quantity? I mean, right now, it's all of Marvel's movies seem to be either okay to good, um, and then with DCs, I mean, it's kind of like they don't release enough to even like make it to make me judge at this point. But um, and like I mentioned, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of movies coming out. But <laughs> have you seen Green Lantern yet? Yeah, that movie was terrible. That was one of the worst <laughs> movies ever. Not just a yeah, bad exactly. comic book movie. It was a terrible movie in general. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't... It's unwatchable. I mean, it, it on the surface, it looks great. You have a good director who did, you know, Casino Royale um, and the first Zorro movie, and you're like, okay, well, this could potentially really, really work. And it just fails in every in every count. And so you have a character they try to introduce. Now they need to, like, go back to basics, and they can't release another Green Lantern movie until, like, 2020 and try to reboot the character again because they failed so miserably. Because, again, they're trying to, I guess... The only thing similar from DC to Marvel in regards to the movie universe is that they're trying to establish their own their own um, continuity, their own, their own their own separate universe from you know Marvel. So they're trying to make sure it's right. So with the Man of Steel movie, you said that you liked it. Yes, I thought it was it was it was it was an okay movie. I think it, it did okay. But they're they're using what they built in that movie to spearhead uh, you know. A, a different interpretation of Batman and then eventually Wonder Woman and then they're going to kind of cameo um, a few other people in this new Batman versus Superman, Donna Justice, ridiculous title, movie that's coming out in about um, about a year's time. So, I mean, it, it all hinges upon that that movie, I think. Um, it's do or die, in my opinion. Well, my question with the Dawn of Justice or the Superman-Batman movie is... Okay, you're bringing in Ben Affleck, who is late 40s. That's your guy you're going to build off of Batman. I I wouldn't mind bringing in a no-namer. I mean, when they brought in Christian Bale, it's not like he was a complete, you know, no-namer. But, I mean, again, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a big name in the movie industry either at that time. Um, Ben Affleck, I, I just question the age that they chose for playing Batman, especially to 
build off of this down the road. You're just going to have to recast him in two years. Um, the the idea behind Batman being 40 is they're actually taking uh, inspiration from a comic book called um, Dark Knight Returns. And in that comic book, Batman is an aged. Well, he's aged. He's kind of retired for a little bit, um, you know, and he just decides to get back into becoming Batman again. And and then he has this real he's this beef with Superman, who kind of just works for the president, kind of. Um, kind of pro-government and Batman's just questioning his, you know, his ethics. And they're borrowing that storyline for this Batman v Superman movie, and that's the reason why Batman is going to be actually older. They're actually going to make him. They're going to gray his hair a little bit. They're going to make him look more convincing, like a buff, older Batman, and um, yeah. kind of play that storyline a bit. Well, would you if they did a? I hope they don't, but did, did a new Batman movie. Do you think they should do from the storyline of Batman Beyond where oh, Bruce Wayne's retired? And is that what something you would be interested in? Oh, see, here's the thing that I think people get kind of wrapped in. They're like, well, that you can't, like, I think borrow from the James Bond movies. You know, every one of those James Bond movies are different, but it's always going to be yeah. James Bond. There can be a different interpretation of someone, what they think James Bond is going to be. Well, they can do that with Batman, they can do that with Superman, they can do that with Green Lantern, they can do all these other characters. I'm sorry I'm only leaning DC, but, I mean, you can do that, and it's okay. It's not that big of a risk as long as they're like, you know, you make it appealing. What's the story? What's this all about? And, you know, I think with word of mouth, I mean, for taking a risk, making a movie like Batman Beyond, that would be insane. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, and I, I was thinking as far as... You know, yeah, it, it's kind of like yeah with Bond, where there's different interpretation. I mean, in DC, sometimes you know Green Lantern's white, sometimes he's black. You never know what you know what's actually gonna what they're actually gonna do with the character. And you know, honestly, with the way this Dawn of Justice is set up, kind of as a prequel, I, I kind of like the way it's being set up with you know, just little cameos by all these, you know, a couple villains. you got a couple of, uh, you know, heroes that are going to be in the Justice League. I like the way it's set up right now. Whether it's executed properly, we'll see. But do you like the setup for it right now? Yes, yes. Um, the thing is, I think a lot of people get um, kind of caught up with the fact that, oh, my gosh, this is going to be too many characters. I'm going to jam this in like Spider-Man 3, and it's going to fail. Well, in this movie, yes, they're trying to include, you know, the other eventual Justice League members. So you'll have a cameo from Aquaman, a cameo from Cyborg or and Green Lantern. Um, but they're not the, – the central story is, is Batman and Superman and Lex Luthor as the ultimate bad guy. Um, they're going to keep it that way. From what everything that I've read and researched on, they're going to keep it that way. And it's – and that's good. Uh, I mean, they're, I mean, and they're basically doing only on a cameo like Aquaman, just so they can get them out, and then they can do like, okay, this Aquaman's in the same type of universe as this Batman v Superman movie, and then they'll kind of carry that. And when you mention Green Lantern, them being different Green Lantern in, in the comic books, there's like four Green Lanterns part of the same sector or whatever. I'm getting all nerdy, but um, you know, they can pick any one of those Green Lanterns and just you know, include them in this universe or all of them if they want to get crazy. I mean, it's, it, they, 
you have such a rich history, a complex history, like one of ours owns, you know, DC. You can do anything. You mentioned Batman Beyond. I mean, you can do any of these great stories. Just just get them off the ground and do them. You know, these don't, all these movies don't need to actually connect, connect. You know, so it's frustrating. Do you think that there's a better... As far as... Actually, the reason why I had you on but, uh, was your article about Spider-Man. And oh, really? You're writing how Sony... Or Sony was getting, you know, they are finally in agreement with Marvel, and now they can bring over, you know, Spider-Man kind of into their universe. And what was... Exactly. You know, there was something else I read that was interesting that was how the Sony hack pretty much killed Spider-Man because of all the emails going back and forth, uh, planning for the Amazing Spider-Man 3, and how that hack just destroyed and put, like, Sinister Six into question, too. I was surprised yeah. how much that hack really affected Spider-Man, the Sp- Spider-Man franchise. Um, that's kind of a... I mean, that that is a complicated question, I guess. When it comes to... With this, I think that there was two different departments. From what, everything I understand, there's two different departments. There's one where, like, they were always, okay, well, we need to keep making these movies because Sony was in, like, uh, some sort of agreement that they could not make um, a Spider-Man movie within, like, I think it was three or four years' time after the last one they released, and they would lose the rights altogether to Marvel. So, so yeah, that's the reason why they want to keep churning up this stuff. That's the reason why they wanted to make a, a Spider-Girl movie or even a Sinister Six, Six or, or whatever it was that they were mentioning. But since they made an agreement, this other department, their legal team, with Sony, it's, it's changing everything. It's going to change. I, so now they're going to rewrite, um, you know, um, let's see, Captain America probably... Um, to have a, a Spider-Man cameo, then they'll eventually have, um, you know, a Spider-Man in the next, in the third Avengers movie. Um, so, I mean, it's just like, I think it's just the legal team finally in an agreement, like, where's the money going to come from? Who's going to earn what? You know, and it's, and, and everyone benefits. And the only person that doesn't benefit is the person playing Spider-Man, <laughs> Andrew Garfield. So, what did, what did you think of these last two Spider-Man movies versus the three with Tobey Maguire. Oh, uh, well, in, in my personal opinion, I did like, I do like Andrew Garfield who played Spider-Man. I did not like the fact that they made a com- almost complete um, remake of the first uh, Tobey Maguire movie. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I think it was completely, you don't, again, you don't need to keep reestablishing these origin stories. I mean, how many times do you need to see Spider-Man become Spider-Man? How many times? I mean, the, the audience gets it. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of almost like you're born and you understand you know, Superman's an alien and he fights crime and he flies. You know, you, you just know that. It's just kind of like you, you've beaten it to death. So, I mean, just maybe mention it a little bit and then go off on a new change. But, again, there's so many stories that they can bear from the comic books. Well, I was, uh, with the first three Spider-Man movies, you know, the Tobey Maguire, I, the first one, I mean, you go back and watch that. And some of the graphics and the CGI, they really kind of mailed it in on a lot of that stuff, which, I mean, it was 2001. It wasn't, you know, 1995 or something like that. We felt like they mailed it in on some of that stuff. And then the other thing that bothered me was the dialogue was awful between Peter, Mary Jane, Peter, and his aunt and uncle. Um, 
and, and you know, it just gradually got even worse and worse from Spider-Man 2 to Spider-Man 3. And I will say this, with the I felt like the... And it wasn't like they had bad actors either. They, they had a good cast of actors in that movie. And when they brought it back, Amazing Spider-Man, with Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Gar- Garfield, Emma Stone, I felt like that both casts were pretty similar in acting mm-hmm. ability. And I just felt like the dialogue was a little better. It worked a little better in the first one. The second one, I thought, was a little too corny, a little too cheesy. And um, I had, I had, I, I will say this: the only part that I will stand by in that movie is when, uh, what's her name, dies at the end. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler but, alert. You know that yeah. was the only Gwen Stacy. That was the only yeah. part. Yeah, when Gwen Stacy dies at the end, that was the only part where I was like, "Wow, they actually had some balls to do that scene." And that that was you the know, only time in that movie where I was like, "Wow." Yeah, well, um, you know, you you make kind of a a good mention that you know the original Spider-Man movies, the, the Tobey Maguire ones that you referred to, you know, it may come across as you know like wooden, like the dialogue, but the comic books, you know, they they do sometimes come across like that, and it. With the newer ones or rebooted ones, I guess you want to say, um, if they were to come out first, yeah, it would it would have been more like a movie, I guess. They, they want they want the essential goal is to have a mass mass appeal. I mean, they want they don't want people to balk at the, the dialogue or the acting. They want to make it as relatable as possible. Um, and you mentioned Glenn Stacy dying. Yeah, I mean that that was an accomplice. That was one of the biggest moments in Spider-Man's history. That that was devastating. And then later down the road, he meets. Um, Mary Jane Watson or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, I, I I could see what they're trying to do with these new ones. I just wish they would have came out <laughs> first. But I, I well, I'm not. I'm not I, mean, I haven't seen the original Spider-Man in a long time. But I do remember what I was like when I saw it. I was very, very um, I, like shocked. I just couldn't believe I saw a movie like a Spider-Man movie. And, you know, I didn't think I'd ever see one. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, the the effects and I and I and you look back in it now, maybe it would be a little cheesy, but. Um, yeah. Did you not like it the first time you saw it? I was not a fan the first time I saw it. And I, I mean, I, yeah, I know. I, I was one of the few. And I, 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 uh, I didn't like the second one with Doc Ock. And, you know, I, I was actually kind of mad that I, I thought for them, it, it's weird to me that Carnage has never been introduced in any of the movies. Because he was, you know, in the cartoon, when I used to watch a cartoon when I was growing up, uh, that he was a big character. Uh, Venom was a big character. Venom doesn't get introduced into uh, the first three until uh, the third one. And Topher Grace, I, I thought, it was a bit poor interpretation. Oh, it was um, bad. Rhino, I mean, there's just been a lot of characters that it, you know, it took a while for them to introduce. I mean, granted, it, there's a number of characters you could pick from in the Spider-Man universe that uh, um, would be would be good. But uh, I, I just found it odd that Carnage has never even made an appearance, never been mentioned, and it took Venom so long to to make an appearance. Oh, yeah, and especially how they did it. I mean, they kind of like... And this is actually towards, against DC, um when they tried to, like, introduce Two-Face in Dark Knight and then just, you know, kill him off after, like, you know, five minutes on screen. I'm like, what? 
like that's a huge, huge character. Same thing goes for like um like Scarecrow. Like Scarecrow is huge and they I mean I understand that they're trying to make Batman more relatable, at least in regards to that trilogy, but it's kinda like come on, like there's so many fans of like, you know, um especially Venom. Venom was like hugely popular and you would think you wouldn't just like you know, cast Topher Grace and just try to run with that. Just no. Yeah, it one of the worst castings of a villain ever. Just, I mean, just it was that bad. Um, I, I don't like him as an actor. <laughs> I don't. I mean, he was fine on that '70s show, but I don't need to see him on anything ever again. <laughs> like that's where that's my stance. Like then I, you know. He was fine on that 70 show. That that's good. That's all I need. Um, but looking at with with Spider Man, you know, I, I find uh, you know they're probably going to do another reboot of the series again. No Andrew Garfield, which is after his you know the Amazing Spider Man two. Okay, well you know I guess I mean, we can start this over, but. Spider Man they want they want Spider Man to be a teenager. They want him to be so Andrew Garfield's thirty one. Mm-hmm. I mean and yeah. they still I mean they're gonna they're gonna cast someone new that they wanna keep him in high school so that because that's where Spider Man's readers are. And I get it, but I mean it's like you can only do that for so long before these Spider Spider Man actors grow up. So Right. Well yeah. it's kinda like the Twilight saga or uh, you know, Harry Potter <laughs> where you just have to if you're going to make a ser- uh, trilogy like that, then you better make it really quick. You can't just sit around and wait. Well, yeah, I think Harry Potter just knocked it out of the park. I mean, they just filmed it. They filmed it like, you know, two movies a year, you know, it seemed like. Um, and that, mm-hmm. that worked, you know. But, mm-hmm. yeah, these, I mean, I'm looking, I'm right now I'm looking up the list, I, you know, the timeline for both these, for Marvel and DC movies. I mean, from now to 2020, like, it's just how do you how do you plan something I, like that? I saw from now until twenty twenty, I think it was twenty eight films or something like that. Um there maybe it was yeah, a little exactly. further maybe it was twenty one twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two that that end date. That's that's a lot of movies and that's a lot of things like um a lot of things like Captain Marvel. Um you know, things that I haven't really. I mean, I'm I'm a casual comic fan. I, I walk. I you know I enjoy you know I enjoy critiquing the movies and everything. Um, but I, I think they're taking a lot of risks with. Uh, I mean, granted they're making money hand over fist, so they can make take these risks. But I feel like you know Ant Man is a risk. Captain Marvel, Black Panther. There's a lot of these comic book movies that. You know, the general public like me have never heard of. Um, mm-hmm. Are and you familiar with these characters? Um, well, I'm a huge comic book nerd, so yes, but I do know which ones are more popular than the others. And I know that it's, I mean, the perfect example, in my opinion, is, is Iron Man. You couldn't really ask anyone if they knew who Iron Man was in 2007 until the movie came out in 2008. Like, no one really knew, like, oh, Robert Downey Jr., you have a, a at the time, a popular enough actor to play a, a role in which he, he just killed it and he just murdered it and now everyone knows Iron Man. So they're so trying to take these these stories that I guess are original 
Um, but not not well known. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, the same thing. You know, when that movie was released, everyone was just kind of like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? I have no idea. And to come to find out that it's the same writer of Howard the Duck, I mean, this is ridiculous. And But that's exactly what they're trying to do with their lesser known characters so they can build off of that separate universe and then connect them all at the very end. It's just, it's insane. Well, and all, you know, all these, they have like this 28 plan between these two uh, comic books. And, mm-hmm. you know, who who knows? Ant-Man could be the next Iron Man. Who, who knows? You know, uh, you know, Paul Rudd, not as great an actor as Robert Downey Jr., but he's, no. he's snarky. Yeah. He's, he's got, he's got comedic chops like Downey Jr. does. But, uh, you know, I would say this hits. There's another, there's two more movies for that. Um, say Fantastic Four hits. There's a potential three movies there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you know, Captain Marvel, people fall in love with that, that hits. You know, this could turn into like 40 movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> If exactly. we want to be honest, by 2025. Oh, yeah. You're 100% right. I mean, the biggest thing, I think, um, when it comes to Marvel is that they have a giant company. They have Disney that's willing to just throw uh, a bunch of people or a bunch, a bunch of people to, to go and make movies. And um, so you have, I mean, you're right. I mean, you, I know you you have a, a, a distaste for the, the Ant-Man movie, and I, I mean, I watched the same preview, and yeah, I was very, I think it was very blasé. <laughs> it didn't look appealing to me at all. It needed to the Fantastic Four um, preview. And I mean, knowing the characters, I might see it, but I mean, I don't know. I think Fantastic Four, in my opinion, is a risk. I think those previous movies were such garbage that, um, <laughs> You, I mean, I'm, I want Marvel to succeed, but I also want DC to succeed as well. I want them to get back in the game. I want this to be more creative because everyone wins in the very end. So, um, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. If you have if any of these movies, um, the ones I listed, end up being a hit, these original ones like, you know, Gambit or Doctor Strange or whatever, then yeah, I mean, it, it's just going to get even more bombarded at the box office. Well, looking at you know, Wolverine, and do you think by the time we get to Avengers 3, which is supposed to be two parts, um, do you think we're going to have Wolverine and Spider-Man in that in the Avengers? Yeah, you know, um, it looks that way, and I don't want to I don't want to go ahead and say yes, but if they're willing, if they can get Spider-Man, if they're willing, I mean, because Spider-Man is owned by Sony at this point, well, at least the movies are. Um, and obviously X, X-Men and uh, Wolverine are owned by 20th Century Fox along with uh, Fantastic Four. So if Sony, if they can work something out with 20th Century Fox, it will be for all the characters. And yeah, that would be that would be insane because eventually down the line, you know, I mean, I listed all these movies and towards the end there, I mean, you have Avengers 3 Part 2, you know, um, supposed to be released in 2019, but if they get, if these studios just all get together, 22 Fox works with Sony and Sony works with Marvel and it's all under one umbrella, they could turn out a ton more movies and everything, and every family would benefit from it because you you will have Wolverine and Spider-Man in the Avengers, which, you know, that would just be that where they should be. That's where they should be. You know, as readers, you're like, well, where's Spider-Man? Well, you know, well, sorry, Sony owns that. Well, no, that's that sucks. <laughs> but I mean, I think eventually on the road, if Sony can do this, I think 20th Century Fox can play ball as well. It is 
how accurate, you know, I haven't read any of the comics, but are, how involved in the Avengers is Spider-Man, and is, does Wolverine have any, what's their relationship to the Avengers? Um, I'm not an avid reader of the Avengers, but I do know, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, I, I, all I know specifically is that that Captain America Civil War, um, that's pivotal, um, especially um, between Iron Man and Captain America in regards to the Avengers. I, I'm not certain, but I know that something to do with Captain America and Spider-Man, um, and Spider-Man plays a critical role. Um, and I know that he'll definitely be included in the last one, in this third Avengers movie, but I, I'm mostly, <laughs> well, especially now, I'm mostly a DC um, a reader at this point, so I couldn't tell specifically. Well, with with Mar well with the Marvel uh, DC battle right now, do you think it? Mm-hmm. You know, with the way Marvel's going, you know they have this you know these three phases that they had planned. Uh, they laid out this groundwork for all these movies, um, and then you look at DC; they're late getting going. Do you think that's going to be you know? How much do you think that's going to benefit them, you know, when Marvel's best movies are behind them? And in 2023, 2024, 2025, um, DC still has, you know, a few characters left in the holster that they can, you know, churn out a couple movies for while Marvel's trying to come up with a couple more characters or, you know, or rebooting characters to try to compete with DC at that point. Uh, do you think that's going to be big for DC having, you know, kind of a late go of it? You know, that is a, a, probably a strategy that they've, they've talked about extensively. Um, it, I think, and like I mentioned earlier, it's with this Batman vs. Superman movie, they're trying to establish, like, they're, you know, you know how Iron Man um, introduced, you know, or or how Tony Stark was in Hulk, and there'd be at the end of like their movies, they'd introduce one other character, one other character, and then eventually you'd have this not the Avengers. Well, with that and the mm-hmm. Superman, they're already going. They're they're going for it. They're they're gonna, you know they're they're lighting the cannon, and, and they're just gonna be like, hey, here's here's all of the people that are going to be in the JLA, and then everyone's gonna be like, okay, well it is possible these people all are on the same universe, and then we're gonna release the all of their origin movies, which is I mean it's it's a very different very different uh, strategy. But it, it's it's the fastest for them to catch up, though. I mean, you're you're not you're not wasting your time. You're just like, well, let's let's make them all connect, and then we can play catch up. And that's why I mean, I'm looking at this timeline here. But so by 2019, you know, according to what they were saying, by June 2019 there will be a Justice League Part Two movie coming out. So I mean, that's pretty darn ambitious. And I know that 2017 is far away, but I mean, that's that's not that far away. And to, I mean, we're going to have a Justice League movie in November 2017 yeah. if everything goes according to plan. And that's nuts. I mean, and it's a man that still came out in 2013. So by in four years' time, they're going to have a Justice League movie. Now, if you, if you go and look at maybe Iron Man 2008, then they had their um, Avengers in 2012. Yeah, I believe. So, I mean, I don't know. If you want to count Spider-Man, you know, the X-Men, um, there's a lot they need to include. But, I mean, yeah, they're both very, very different in how they want to go about it. I think that DC is playing catch-up, and I think they're doing it correctly from everything I, I looked at. I mean, I don't think I'm too nervous as a fan. 
Have you gotten into the TV shows such as Arrow and Flash? I've started watch. I watched the first season of Arrow and a couple of the uh, the first couple episodes of season two of Arrow. Uh, you know, my take on it is, you know, the, the you you can pretty much see right through the plot. Um, every episode, you know. He's going to have a first battle with the villain. He's going to, it's going to be kind of a stalemate. And then he beats him in the second one. Um, that, that's pretty much, and then there's going to be, you know, things with, uh, what's her name? Laurel. Uh, and then there's going to be a dust up with Laurel's father. And that's pretty much how every episode goes. But, you know, I, I like Stephen Amell. I think, I think he does fine. And I feel like there's one, you know the the characters are kind of the characters aren't great, but I think Arrow himself, uh, the Green Arrow, the way they cast him, I thought I, I was fine with, and a little too much uh, shot, too many shots with him with his shirt off. I could do without that too. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I haven't I haven't watched Arrow, and I know my friends like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you watching Flash and not Arrow? And I was like, well, I just don't have enough time. And he's like, well, just read the wiki. Read the Arrow wiki, and it'll give you the synopsis on every episode, so you can just catch up and then just start watching season three. And I'm just like, okay, well, I will. It's going to take me a lot of time. But um, you know that Steve O'Mell's brother is in the Flash TV series as um, Firestorm. So... Mm -hmm. And, and like like I mentioned earlier, I mean, I, I mean, I, I watch Flash, and Flash to me, um, and I haven't I haven't obviously seen Era, but I've I, this is one of the best shows I've ever seen. And I know it's you know it's cheesy, it's but it's super fun. You have they play with time travel, they play with you know science, technology, and you know how fast can one run, and what would you do? I mean, it's, it's just cool, and it's relatable, it's light, and it's and it, and it totally works. But that really goes to show what DC is doing on the TV show front. Marvel has that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show, I believe, on ABC, um, mm -hmm. and that Agent Carter. Um, but they're also releasing like three or four episodes, or excuse me, TV shows on Netflix soon, which is going to be crazy because they're going to have like Daredevil and uh, Iron Fist and a couple other ones. So, it's, I mean, they're trying to play catch up too as, as DC's, you know, playing catch up with the movies. So it's kind of like a reverse situation. Yeah, I think um, I, I think DC kind of they, they probably saw like okay we're gonna these characters actually I think they were using TV as a test for how they would do in theaters like mm -hmm. Green Arrow I don't think you could sell a movie with Green Arrow I, I think that would be pretty tough no, uh, but a TV no. show like an Origins TV show which um, I do uh, I like the Actually, the parts that I like best are when they do the flash. They do flashbacks to when he's an, on an island by himself, and uh, there, there's a lot of flashbacks to you know how he became trained, you know, by essentially by the League of Shadows, people from League of Shadows, and you know, looking. I do think that's a way better strategy to go the. Um, go the TV route to use it as a test to see if these characters would work oh, um, yeah. um, in, in mainstream. Yeah, I mean, uh, CW, that channel that, that, that those shows are on, are, 
they're just killing it. I mean, uh, the viewership is is crazy high. Actually, I think Flash broke records. I I it, they're doing completely right by by making those shows that are low budget, um, well low budget enough, and their viewership is high, and it's kind of like a win win. So, and even with their TV shows, like even um, like with Arrow, they introduced Flash on Arrow, and now now Flash has his own show. Now in Flash, they're going to introduce they already did. Firestorm, and then Firestorm's probably going to have his own show, too. So it's kind of like they have their own strategy going on in TV. And in my opinion, not just with their the TV shows, but with their cartoon movies, the animated movies, they kill it, too. I mean, the animation's a lot better than what Marvel has to offer. And, um, and so, frankly, I think the flip, it's, it's a different on the other side, on the other side of the coin with DC um, ahead with uh, the TV and animated movies. The the animated movies, I yeah the those are actually really good. I you know some of them are pretty dark, uh, mm-hmm. which I like. I think it's I think it's interesting that they're able to do uh, you know the Marvel ones like when they do the Avengers, it's kind of you know half-assed. And then you you know with DC they kind you know they do them right. You know they'll bring in uh, characters that are far more exciting, that would be far more exciting in a cartoon versus on the big screen, or in live action, so uh, you know, like a Mr. Freeze or a uh, you know, Doomsday, you know characters like that that are far mm-hmm. more entertaining in, the, in cartoons and I think they do it right with uh, DC with, you know actually, the only one from Marvel, the only comic or TV show uh that I really liked was X-Men from the 90s. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really oh, well done. Show. By far the oh, best yeah. cartoon that uh, has been done about superheroes or mutants, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I, I'd have to agree with you, but I just wanted to mention that, you know, when we talked about, when you mentioned Batman Beyond, Batman Beyond, that's, why don't they make a movie like that? Well, with DC's movies, if you look at their animated movies, they're taking story arcs directly from the comic books and just making them animated. Well, why why couldn't they do proven storylines and make them live action? You know, it doesn't mean... Mm-hmm. I mean, I, ho- hopefully they um, adopt a, that strategy later on down the road once they have everyone supposedly established in the same universe, that they can start, you know, taking these rich stories and just spring them on to Flash or Aquaman or Shazam or whoever it be, and uh, um, it, it, everyone wins. Everyone wins because those, those stories are... <laughs> They they sell out for a reason, you know. Yeah, it's amazing to me that they can just. I, I know you. It's a little easier with comic books where you just have, and and really books in general, you kind of have a template of what the dialogue should be, what the uh, plot should be uh, for movies. I mean, most of the time they they go away. I mean, they don't use any of the dialogue, but looking in the, uh, you know, how how do you think they do it? Do you think they do with, uh, you know, with the Avengers movies, do you think they just wrote it all at once? All, you know, all three movies? Do you think, I mean, because it seems like it would take a really long time to write all the dialogue, uh, oh, yeah. you know, make sure it works and everything. I mean, I, I would think that would take, um, it should take longer than, you know, the time it takes for them to come out with a movie. Oh, yeah. I think, well, 
people don't um, really realize is that um, a lot of the writers, like you'll see credited, oh, so-and-so wrote Batman, so-and-so wrote Thor. Well, if you actually look at the, all the writers that have actually worked on a movie, it's probably in the hundreds. There's yeah. so many different rewrites that go into making a movie that it's just, it's it's my, almost mind-boggling that it goes through so many different um, stories that it, it changes, the, sometimes it changes the story what they're initially trying to tell in the first place, and then especially with this Spider-Man announcement, and they're going to have to write Spider-Man in, so they're going to have to make another rewrite, you know, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is busy. It is busy, but I, I mean, it's, they, 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 the, with the Avengers movie, I don't think they, they had a plan for three movies. I think that they had an overarching um, mission or challenge or something along those lines, but, um, like um, with Thanos, especially, you know, with Thanos, like, I'm not having trouble remembering, but um, if he was in Avengers or not, but uh, that's the overarching story. That's, that's what they, he's going to be in the background and all, he'll figure out later on that he's part of the master plan and, you know, he's part of the Frost Giants or whatever. And and he was, um, actually, I think. Um, but that's, yeah, so there is a, kind of an overarching story arc that they, they'll go with, mm-hmm. but I think down to the finite details, that can always be arranged by, you know, hundreds of different writers. Exactly. Uh, yeah. If you're, if you're, you know, look, looking at the, you know, I guess, yeah, they're just turning these out. You have the, uh, you have the, you know, the kind of template in place. But how frustrating do you think it is for, say, say you have to write Iron Man and Tony Stark. I mean, how pissed off would you get if you're just sitting there watching, you know, the dialogue go back and forth between him and Chris Evans, and none of it winds up being what you wrote, because Robert Downey Jr. just goes off on, you know, some, you know, bunch of quibbling, basically. I I think that would be the most frustrating part as a writer. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, those writers, they bring in, they retain them, they pay them well, and then they're like, okay, well, we want you to do a draft. And that's it. You'll turn it in, and then they'll be like, well, well, we don't like this. We want someone else to work on it. So they'll just keep pumping money through it, especially, you know, this isn't some sort of, like, indie movie where, you know, it's two $3 million budget. You know, it's this is a $200 million project um, that mm-hmm. a surefire hit that they can they can throw money at and not have a not blink an eye. And, yeah, you're right. Robert Downey Jr., especially at this point, he'll look at those kids, but uh, Iron Man wouldn't say that. Tony Stark wouldn't say that. It probably sounds better if it, you know, it sounded like this. And yeah, of course, if I was a writer, I'd be really upset. I'd be like, dude, this is, I wrote this down, and this is what we agreed to, and that's what the studio agreed to, and you're going to change it? You know, yeah, I'd be totally upset. <laughs> uh, well, Nick, uh, we're running short on time. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you, you know, I always like talking some, uh, something different. Uh, do you want to tell everybody where we can find you on Twitter? where we can find your work, and uh, anything else uh, we need to know. Oh, yeah, thanks for plugging me. Uh, I'm on nocoastbias.com. I uh, I uh, contribute to the entertainment section, and my uh, Twitter handle is at Nitro Peterson with an P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N. So there you go. I hope that was helpful. Okay. Yeah, you were very helpful. Uh, your knowledge was... Uh, terrific, and uh, I appreciate you coming on. I truly do, and 
I'd love to have you on again sometime in the future. Yeah, thank you very much, and uh, good luck to you, and I'll uh, I'll be following you as well. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Bob.